Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Association Radio Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from all rock shows to all hip-hop shows to all independent artist shows. And there's a Friday night request show. And you don't want to miss Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Hello, friends. How you doing? I'm sure you're all thinking about gas prices right now. And, well, you know it's not up to the President of the United States to control the gas prices or... George W. Bush would have done something in 2008 when gas was nearly $5 a gallon. Well, here in Wyoming it was. And it probably was more in other places. I remember having a rant about it in 2008 and was kindly told by a Republican that the president had nothing to do with gas prices and that OPEC and other oil producing countries like Russia controlled the pricing. A president can open up more production in the United States, but we won't see that right away. I'm just glad I drive a smaller, more gas-efficient vehicle now, thank you Obama, compared to what I drove in 2008. You know who's not complaining about gas prices? People with electric cars or hybrid cars. (laughs) All right, enough about gas prices. Today's guest is Justin Deegan. I don't know Justin's stance on gas prices, and we don't talk about it in this episode, so please don't judge him on my thoughts. You can hit me up on social media how you feel about gas. Just enjoy this episode for what it is, pure fun. Now, as you will learn, I met Justin through a band called Widespread Panic. If you're a friend of mine, you definitely know who Widespread Panic is. If you don't know who they are, look them up after this episode. Let's get to the interview. I was born and raised in Naperville, Illinois, Chicago suburb, about 35 miles south, southeast of Chicago. Well, at least you acknowledge it as a suburb because I had a buddy that's like literally south side Chicago. And he's like, I do live in the city of Chicago, like in yeah. the south side. And I was like, okay, because a lot of people are like, I'm from Chicago. And then they say, yeah, from yeah no, no, no. I'm not trying to make that blanket yeah. statement. I'm just a Chicago. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm a suburban for yeah. sure. Yeah, I grew up in a suburb of Portland, Oregon, Gresham, Oregon. So I, I get you. So, but to make it easier, sometimes with somebody I probably won't know, I'm like, I'm from Portland. I just, yeah. I'm not even going to explain where this thing is and compared to uh, the city of Portland. Uh, so, are your parents native Illinoisans? Is that right? Wow. Yeah. 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 Uh, they grew up just like two towns over for where I ended up raised. Um, right. I grew like, I, from like um, being born to about six, I lived in the town that they grew up in. Okay. Uh, and then we moved, I think it's just essentially two towns over. 
it's just the suburbs just like keep growing and oh, growing yeah. and growing. So we just like moved a little farther away from the city. Uh, that's what I was gonna wonder if it was further out or closer. Yeah. Um, I always put people on the spot with this question. It's like, do you know their how they met? Were they like high school sweethearts? High school, eighth grade, bro. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a trip. They're they're amazing. lifers. That's amazing. Cause yeah. like I look back at yeah, like a high school girl girlfriends I've had, and I was like, I'm glad I'm not married to them now. Like, <laughs> they are respectively cool people, but yeah, probably yeah. won't work out so well. Um, yeah, they got they, they got pretty traditional roots in them, so like they they're pretty traditional in their sense of life. So that worked out good for them. Uh, do you have any brothers and sisters? Two older brothers. What are they? I was the younger. They're uh, five years older and eight years older than me. So wow. I have all sisters. Huh. Okay. Great. I have three sisters, uh, one stepsister, but the other two I primarily grew up with. I have like six years between me and my oldest sister and like 11 with my youngest sister. Um, they sh- my parents got divorced when I was like six. So it's my stepdad's and mom's kid. And, but I, she's always been a sister to me. So I really ever think anything different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's still 11 years and still sisters. And so I remember when I was like, I want a little brother. And I was, Later on, I was so glad I got a little sister. Like, I see some of the issues brothers go through. I, I grew up next to a, a household that was five brothers. And holy cow, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Like, and I was friends with the oldest two. So the other ones were just uh, collateral damage half the time. <laughs> and so being the youngest, were you collateral damage a lot of the time? Yeah, yeah. I do feel like uh, super picked on as a younger yeah. brother. Uh, a lot of like, I'll, I'll like enforce my pain upon you if you do not agree or, yeah. or uh, tricking me into getting their stuff for them. Like, uh, I'll time you how fast you can get upstairs to get my book. And I'll be like, all right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and then I'll get back down. I was like, whoo, whoo, how fast was that? And they're like, uh, 13 seconds. <laughs> uh, at least would have, I would have timed you. Yeah. You know, no, I would, at least. No gone full thrill with the yeah yeah they didn't care much too yeah. but my oldest being eight years older like he was out of the house in college and then moved out like by the time i was 13 12 13 yeah. so yeah so that was quite a bit of time where like i was growing up without him yeah um yeah my older sister did like i was she kicked my butt behind the scenes like our parent every family members everybody oh you're the greatest brother sister duo yeah, because she was whooping my ass behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. She used to do the thing where she would pin me down and then drool like this far from my face. Yeah. Suck I, I'm so curious if siblings still do that, or is that just like a product of like the 80s, 90s era? I, like, <laughs> that was like traditional bullying. I'm not yeah. sure. And it's now why we got to coddle kids a little more. No more, <laughs> no more pretending to spit in their face. Yeah. Sometimes it would land. Oh, yeah. So gross. And then she, I was really ticklish then, and she would tickle and tickle. And now I'm not ticklish at all. And everyone tries to tickle me, and I'm like, my sister broke me. Like, it's yeah. not happening. I've and, been out uh, torture. Yeah. yeah. I've, been, I've gone through the torture. But, like, sweet revenge happened. Um, she went out to college. I got older. Uh, I remember, like, I was, like, 12. And she like tried to throw me down. It was a stalemate. From there on out, it wasn't even close. At no 18, more. she tried to throw me on the ground. 
it was like her wedding weekend. And I was like, are you crazy? I was like the strongest I'd been in my life. Like I picked up with my right hand when I'm left-handed and put her on the ground. And she was fear was in her eyes. And I was like, hey, Max, a bitch. I didn't do anything. I let her up. She it was her wedding weekend, but I wanted to let her know that this such aggression would not stand. And Rolls have so, switched a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I do think about it sometimes, like the punishment that I went through. Yeah. It actually shaped me to be a pretty strong human. There you go. Um, and I also ended up being uh, about four inches taller than both of my brothers. Yes. But I couldn't seek revenge because my brother has that extra level of crazy that you just don't oh, mess yeah. with. Like, I'm not, I don't go to that level. <laughs> And I'm not about to mess with crazy, no matter what size that is. Like I'm not messing with that. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. You know the the who's got the crazy in the family. Yeah, we'll yeah, Those, yeah. You see it in their eyes, they snap, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not going to win against that, no matter yeah. how much bigger I am. Happen. So did you find yourself into the same activities they were into, or or were you know were they more athletic, more uh, academic? What were they? No, we were we were a pretty strong um, athletic family. Yeah. So like my dad had played high school uh, baseball, football. Um, he was down in Texas um, playing in some small college for baseball um, right before um, they were going to have my brother. So then he moved back to Illinois to just like be dad and just settle yeah. back that role. So then like my oldest brother, he grew up like everyone was like playing the same thing, soccer and baseball as younger kids. Like, and then he actually ended up being a diver in high school and college, which is a terrible place for a younger brother to have to hang out in the pool all day. And just like watch divers is cool for a little bit, but like, it's pretty boring. And not being able to go to the pool. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Not being able to go to the pool. Yeah. 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 Just teasing me. And yeah. then my middle brother was like a pretty top end athlete in uh, high school for baseball and football. Um, and then he went on to play a D three college baseball and football as well. Um, pretty close to home. Um, but one of the reasons like I didn't totally want to follow that track is like, cause I thought he was pretty big jerk uh, yeah. up until he left for college. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to be like that guy. And yeah. then also, like, I didn't want to, like, live up to that kind of whatever high school standard that the coaches thought I needed to, to be or whatnot. Yeah. And then also baseball, which was kind of like the main sport, was, like, really slow for me. Okay. And, like, I, I had way too much energy for that. So I ended up playing high school volleyball. So, awesome. like, we were all, like, yeah, high school and college athletes, but we all kind of specialized in different areas. Yeah, I understand that. Uh, my older sister, she was good academically, athletically. Um, so every teacher, oh, you're Rochelle's little brother. And I'm like, I'm a different person, um, you know, and uh, she's the original Rude. She got the nickname Rude long before I did. Uh, we had a coach. Uh, I got him later in football. She had him as a track coach. And like I came in the door and he's like, Flash Rude. Oh, you're a little rude. You're like, little. and I was like, psych. Okay. And I, and I, but I, yet I moved from Oregon. That was in Oregon. And I moved to Laramie and I got out of her shadow. Nobody ever heard of her before. No, no teachers and stuff like that. And so I, I just let rude grow organically because it's part of the last name. 
uh, it started off in high school. I didn't walk into Laramie going, just call me rude. Cause that's kind of weird to call somebody. <laughs> and, and so uh, it just worked out. Um, guys call each other by their last names and flask yeah. is just a little hard to spit out. So it just got shortened down to rude. And uh, cause everyone's like, you're a really nice guy. I can't believe you have that nickname. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of ironic. It works out that way. <laughs> and I, uh, and, but yet, um i love it and yeah it tattooed on me but my older sister was she set the standard of a lot of things especially growing up in oregon that shadow and so i would do a lot of stuff to not be her and i love her to death and, and everything she's a great sister and stuff like that but um i had I, I developed my own personality especially moving to wyoming um of i wasn't going to do things like rochelle did and i understand so i understand where you're coming from and like you want to set your own mark and yeah she was good at track i wasn't she had long legs i did not have long legs so, uh and my dad was good at basketball so i was like i'm playing football and turned out worked out for me was was good to me fun sport i did not play college got recruited but um a lot of the places were like i thought you were taller and i was like yeah it's not happening <laughs> and they'd roll you out see my, me play though like I don't yeah know. yeah i was like <laughs> I could put my cleats on right now. Will that help? And uh, they bring out guys on the team that play that spot, and they're like almost a foot taller. And I went, "Yeah, this maybe's over for me." Uh, but yet, maybe look back now in time, I'm like, "Man, I wish I would have focused on my academics a little more, not on the sports as much." I mean, they're very important and fun, but like, I needed to use those my academics later in life. Like, you were judged by I'm going to college. Had so much more free time and i did not apply myself in that area uh, oh. i had a lot of fun in college um so i mean how about academic sides were you in like clubs and besides sports or anything like that no 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 i struggled in school from yeah. from from about middle school on yeah uh, so it was kind of a constant battle uh like looking back on eventually like with some learning disabilities like oh. real struggles reading um, so as uh, reading struggles, uh, every class struggles. Yeah, I hear you. And so like, and instead of having the support that I think schools provide now, I felt pretty all alone of just trying to like, you're just not applying yourself or not figuring it out on your own. And I'm like, but you don't understand like yeah. what it's like to try to read three chapters and then taking four hours because you read for 30 minutes and you don't remember a thing that you just read because yeah. my brain is just like cycling all over the place. I didn't have like a direction of being able to like really focus or the tricks that I developed later in life to like figure out how can I best read? How can I take notes alongside reading, highlight along reading like those things would help me get my, you know, my degree and end up getting my yeah. job is because eventually I just figured out like what works for me. So no academics was like a real struggle, which like then of course carried over to my family life. Cause oh, yeah. like you're just slacking and not trying. Like, I think there was like an era there that just like didn't think about how disabilities can be subtle and still like really affect you academically. Yeah. I kind of, uh, under, understand because I'm left-handed and growing up, I didn't think I knew a left-handed person until probably middle school. And my parents, my mom was adamant about not forcing me to be right-handed. You like, it'll stun his creativity and a lot of stuff. I'm glad I'm looking for it. Cause like, I could always tell 
when you'd be video me playing sports, the left-handed guy, that was me. Uh, where my football stands, a lot of things, that was me. And, uh, but yet, um, uh, writing, I had to mirror everybody. So when we're just doing, learning how to write, I'm trying to figure it out. And they're like, now it's on to hard spelling. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to write this down, not how to spell it right now. And that just, that, like you said, it, it affects every part of the learning process. Cause I'm a step behind and I felt, and like, yeah, I knew how to read and I knew how to do other things, but it was slowing me down how to regurgitate it. Cause you couldn't just, you know, there's no computers and my handwriting was terrible and, and just, and then I was, yeah, learning how to, okay, this is how you write research papers, but I'm still trying to figure out how to write like left-handed. There's no left-handed people out there. Computers saved my life and uh, spell check was amazing. Um, and now I, it's, under, it gets underlined. I've misspelled the same word a hundred times over and it finally clicks in my head how to spell. I became a better speller. And then now people are like, how do you spell this? And I know how to do it. And I'm like, but it took 30 something, you know, 40 years to get to that, to that point. And I just, the computer has just revolutionized the way um, I made up for lacking it. And then people are like, will you sign? Like, you know, I have to sign something. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if you want to see this signature. I'm like a doctor. Like it's gonna be rough. Might some uh, numbers in there, you know. It's uh, and so yeah, I couldn't. I understood it. So academics became like it wasn't a not applying myself. It was like, oh, he's just a step behind. And I'm like, I'm not a step behind in everything. Like, okay, I'm not that bad. But then I was like, okay, well, when I moved to Laramie, I wanted out. I hated this place, and I was like sports is my way out. Sports is my release. Sports is my escape. And so, yeah, what do I got to do to play sports? Just get this amount of grades to play. There was no, like, I'm striving to get A's. Like there was no, and my parents are all educators, which is really weird. Uh, like dad and stepmom are like third, were third grade teachers. My mom ended up working in university of Wyoming. And my stepdad was an instructor in the university of Wyoming for a little bit. And I was like, God, they didn't push me enough. Sorry. Sorry, them. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're proud of me because now, you know, I have, you know, the bachelors and all that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, you guys were educators. You could have pushed this button a little harder. Like, yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have been bad. And so (laughs) were you, by the time you were like, you know, in high school and stuff, um, were you even thinking about going to college or anything? Or you're just like, I just got to pass this week. Well, I, I think it was really like the track that my family had set. Okay. Like, this is what we do. We're going to, you know, we're going to get like grades was the thing for them, which okay. was why such a conflict for us is like, this was the thing that we do and we're going to go to college and you're going to get your thing. Um, so that was like, the track that like the life that I was like played out to be no matter what I had might've thought. Okay. Okay. And so, um, you clearly excelled at, at high school volleyball. Yeah. When, uh, what year did you start playing that? So just freshman year. So yeah. yeah, like I didn't have any experience going in. Uh, we had a big school, uh, 3,500 kids in the school. Wow. Uh, yeah, class size, like, uh, around 900 for freshman year in volleyball tryouts was the last tryout out of all the spring sports. 
And so we ended up with 80, 80 freshmen trying out for the volleyball team. Wow. Because like baseball had made their cuts and like kids were like, I'm not a track kid and stuff like that. So yeah, luckily just being a little bit taller and still being like, you know, like I played sports my entire life. So I'm like just like athletic. Um, so like they just kind of like maybe saw that uh, yeah. and then just like, you know, fortunately uh, got into that and just loved it. Like the fast pace of it and just like oh, yeah. everything about volleyball was like right on spot for me, even though I had like almost zero experience with it. Right on. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, Laramie, that's where I went to high school compared to Oregon where they were cutting you in sports. I got cut in like basketball. And so I was like, I'm not, I moved to Laramie and I, instead of playing basketball, I went for the school play. There was always a bit of like drama, not, not real life drama classes. Yeah. So yeah my yeah. background. I mean, I did school plays. Uh, we all did them in elementary school, but I'm middle school and stuff like that. But I would join the clubs, but I was like, sports comes first. So I'd never be in big productions besides that eighth grade year. I was the doctor in the Velveteen Rabbit. I had like three lines, but they were getting good at makeup then. So they made me look like a, a legit old man. It was pretty cool. That's and, awesome. Uh, I wish there were pictures of it because I was like, I do. It was a lot of time in the makeup booth or yeah. whatever makeup chair. I was like, wow. Uh, I, I, a blast doing it, but everybody was like, oh, this new kid, he's good at football. Next thing we know, he's in drama, not doing wrestling or basketball. And I was just like, well, I got cut from basketball. And uh, oh, I did do wrestling my eighth grade year. Got chicken pox. Like, then, after, then after one match, <laughs> one match, I pinned the guy in like 30 seconds. And then chicken pox for the rest of the year. They thought I was some like savant wrestler. And I was like, I'm actually pretty bad, but that was just a lucky match. Uh, but yeah, it was not, not my sport, like not, I mean, the guys love it sweet, but, uh, I ended up being a downhill ski racer in high school plus football and, and that was fun. Heck um, yeah. But, that's a good thing to get into. Get some free lift tickets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, it's probably why I don't spend a lot of time at snowy range. I haven't skied in a long, long time. Uh, cause I was like, I've skied every inch of that hill forwards, backwards, sideways, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a unique hill and, and people are starting to find it out. Like it's cheap, but I was like, I've done that. And, uh, but I, but football was my thing and skiing kept me in shape. Uh, and so, but I was on teams with guys that were, that was their ski. They'd go to ski camps all year long. They're just amazing skiers. Um, luckily I was athletic enough to be like the sixth guy, like maybe sometimes the fifth, but the sixth sure. So I was a good alternate or I made the top five, but just athletic enough, but not like skilled. Like they had real skills and yeah. I was lucky. My, I had a senior that was a skier too. That was on my football team. So my football coach would always give me a hard time about skiing. He, he was worried that you're know, going to blow out something, you know, stuff like that. The big injury happened after I was done playing football skiing. So uh yeah he he didn't check on me then and i was no 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 you have all the time services (laughs) anymore yeah and so uh did you did you get any accolades while you're playing you know high school volleyball all state all conference anything like that all conference um but like similar to like um so i played football for my first couple played in middle school too but like the the volleyball got so competitive going into varsity that like you really had to focus on one sport and type of thing. And like, I just wasn't as passionate about football and my skills carried me, 
to like that platform of like sophomore year where I was still like selling, but like I wasn't willing to put in any more work for that sport. And so I ended up then playing club volleyball and ended up playing like volleyball about nine months out of the year, just so I could remain like a a consistent starter on their varsity level. That makes sense. That I mean, it's volleyball is one. Yeah. You can play year round. So you got indoor, outdoor, whatever. So yeah. Yeah. You, and you don't have to like go, Hey guys, let's strap on the pads and run play. Like, get you know six of you together and you can get a game going pretty easily so that's sweet yeah i, w- I kind of wish i would have done a sport like that if i would have specialized but football was too much my thing like i liked hitting people i had a good time doing that yeah that and it's pretty like yeah being in a small town is a little bit harder i yeah. think in, like the more city suburbs they have some of those uh domes and stuff yeah. where people get some like spring ball in or something like okay that. yeah around here yeah it's, it's it's hard to get any more football together i'm sure <laughs> yeah yeah the athlete has changed that goes through laramie high school uh they're not as good as football like they used to be but they're really good at other sports so mm-hmm. i'm proud yeah, of yeah. the old plainsman there uh so when it comes to uh you know where you when high school so were you like straight edge athlete like i was i was like there was no i didn't go to parties i didn't do anything i hate those people i would play Dungeons and Dragons. I was nerdy. I was in the computers, but yet I was good at football. And, and so, because I was just like, no, 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 big fish, small pond kind of playing was going on. And I moved from big city. So I was just like, and they weren't that accepting in the beginning. And I met people along the way. Like my best friend in high school was a bass player in a band. Like, and he was in the high school band. And I was like, yeah, good people. Solve the earth people. Yeah, uh, not like stereotypical jock folks. So yeah, uh, yeah, and I did like I got into like DECA and marketing and stuff like that, and and so I was a president of DECA my senior year. That was like a popularity thing, I think, not necessarily like I was good at DECA, which was sure. Yeah, we did events and stuff, and we. But it kept you in a good space. Like those are some, yeah. like you said, like to some really people that are just like really focused on themselves. Yeah. And so I, looking back, my senior year was a blast in high school. But prior to that, eh, Laramie was not winning in my mind. So I wanted to get out and uh, see the see not something but Laramie. I want to go back to Oregon, but I never made it quite back there. I still have family and friends. And uh, I remember moving back to Laramie when I went to New York is way in the future. And uh, I was like, I'm going to move from Laramie in five years and I'll be on the West Coast. Now it is year 19. Didn't go anywhere. So, <laughs> you know, it was it's crazy like that, that Laramie uh, got me back and uh, got a good grab on me. Uh, and it was promotions and friends and, sure. and everything kept it going. But uh, rewind you back. So graduate high school. Did you get recruited, play volleyball? Obviously played a little bit of college. I let it play a little bit of college, but not like not recruiting, okay. not not seeking that as like my next step in life. So as we rewind even further, so like yeah, yeah high school, like I did not uh, follow the same path. Okay. Uh, uh, it was a, a rebellious time. I also was like, this was the era of rollerblading. Okay. Uh, so yep. I got into like hardcore when I was about thirteen, being like a rollerblader who did a bunch of tricks and everything. Oh like, wow. So like that was my scene uh, alongside the the team sports was like this uh, individual sport, this uh, aggressive sport kind of guy. And so that worked pretty hard against my parents. Um, So but it also like 
it like fed that rebellious side of things, oh, yeah. which then also led to maybe more of the party scene. And I gotcha. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just kind of pushing that <laughs> <laughs> myself, but yeah, no, once, um, as like I finished high school and just like, then I actually ended up going to Greeley and went to Northern Colorado. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just, uh, actually got in on academic probation, okay. uh, had some friends that, uh, were moving out here from the suburbs to go to Northern Colorado and CSU. Cause All we right. just like knew that we were mountain people. Oh, I was like, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. Just like the, the adventurous, like okay. I just want to take on more adventure in life. Yeah. Um, so ended up going in there, but like I said, academic probation. And so once I didn't meet my freshman year, um, oh. requirements, they were just like, yeah, um, you're just not welcome back. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So that ended up back in the suburbs after that. I, I, my freshman year of college was, uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I spent my parents' money on not going to class and putting on some weight, drink, learn how to drink. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of freedom, even though like my parents didn't run a tight ship, but it was like, they were, they were never, they were like, you go to bed whenever you want. You guys still got up in the morning, but I was always dead tired from sports. So I was in bed early in college, man. No. And I was like, why, why didn't anybody say don't take any o'clock class? I was like, biology class at eight o'clock you know uh, got it yeah <laughs> i've been waking up at eight o'clock yeah. every day for four years the only uh, two reasons i passed was uh the lab i was good at the hands-on stuff uh just the tests weren't the greatest and there was a cute girl i believe she was on the track team i think we lived in the same dorms and i just follow her to class and i was like well i got here might as well pay attention might as well. And, and so I, I don't, I might've told her later on in life, not, and not in a creepy way that I was like, thank you for letting me pass class. You know, <laughs> I was like, and it was my way of saying you're good looking. Yeah. I was and crushing I mean, on you. That helped yeah. me. Yeah. And so, but it was like, I, then the freedom, like I grew up my hair, like there was a lot of uh, interesting stuff that happened right around the beginning of college. And I started, I was in college in 92 and so it was like grunge era and flannel and and all that stuff. So yeah, I had about down to here. Yep. It was it, it was some Doc Martens. And- yeah, yeah. And uh, but yet I was uh, a gigantic like hip hop fan. Like I looked like I fell out of a grunge rock video, but I was way into like Dre and Snoop and and hip hop. Like I didn't want to hear it. I was like I thought grunge rock killed uh hair metal which i was into the big show and so i was like whatever and i love it now but that was the era and now a lot of that fashion came back and so i'm walking around campus where i work and i'm like did did i ever leave like look at all these people are wearing this same exact clothes i had that haircut i want to tell that guy you're gonna regret this later (laughs) because when i had that haircut i asked all my friends if I should cut it or, or keep it, every guy friend said, keep it. Every girl friend said, cut that shit. And I cut it and <laughs> had more uh, ladies in my life with the cut hair. So I was like, you're going to regret that later. I want to tell them, but especially like the mullets, I can't get over the mullets. Like, yeah, that, that was definitely my generation, but I never had one at the longest when it was cool. My hair was like shaggy, but it wasn't mullet all my mm-hmm. friends have pictures of mullets from their childhood. And I'm like, that's terrible. 
Yeah. So yeah, was, when uh, they were cool, when they were cool, I was pretty young, so I was like yeah. probably eight to ten. Um, and so like, my, and my mom was a hairstylist. Oh, okay. So like, there wasn't a lot of. Um, I, I couldn't decide what my hair was going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> it was prearranged what my hair was. Uh, so I did rock a little, little kid mullet, but I yeah. didn't come back around to it ever again. Yeah. I'm surprised. Like your mom wasn't like, had you on the cutting edge of haircuts. No, like, no. It, still oh, like, like classic bulls and wow. they were just classy bulls. Cause like for a while there it was just my mom, my older sister and I, and growing up and so they had me like dialed into like way forward fashion for my age and haircuts and stuff so we had like family pictures uh or i go to school and i'm like my friends aren't wearing this kind of and, uh, yeah <laughs> stuff and and that, and that probably led i did i've done so much crazy stuff with my hair uh i've never dyed it like a purple or anything like that but I've, it's been platinum blonde a few times mm-hmm. um yeah and so, uh, but it, it was that kind of freedom and rebelliousness uh, kind of stuff. It was very much, I'm a middle kid, look at me. That is. Yeah, yeah. Give me some attention. Give me some yeah. attention. Classic yeah. middle child syndrome I've had all my life. Now I know how to address it. But yeah, definitely. Uh, and nowadays I'm like, I'm lucky to have it. So I'm just cutting it short and being happy with my hair. It's great. <laughs> Getting so Anything great. left. Yeah. Anything left is good. Yeah. Because I remember looking at my. Uh, when I was my 20 year reunion and seeing the 30 year old reunion. And I was like, Oh, is that what I, now my 30 years this year. And I'm like, Oh, all I got to hope is I have hair by then. It can be gray all at once. I just want to yeah. hold on to something and it's working out unless something changes over less. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good genetics. People, cause people always ask me like, what do you do? And I was like, I don't know if you want to live my lifestyle. It's been <laughs> a really fun one. I've really abused my body. And uh, no, I think I just got good genetics from the family. And, stuff. <laughs> and so, um, so you're back in the suburbs. We got a little sidetracked there. You're back in the suburbs after yeah, no a failed semester at, uh, at uh, UNC. UNC. And so did you start working or are you like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to try this thing again. Well, I had uh, some extra rebellion in there. I went and lived on Purdue's campus with some friends for about like four months, just like, huh? relieve some of the tension in the household like just kind of bailed like my parents are pretty mad about it but like i just needed to like keep on my path but then uh once i like i was delivering jimmy john subs on my bike yeah on Purdue's campus i was like this ain't gonna last very long here (laughs) so after a short run of just like kind of living it up for a little while went back to community college and then started finding my way back into uh that four-year university now, I know you spoke of, you know, learning disabilities long. Uh, did you did you discover them in college like that with help from people? Or when did you find a little bit more help, a little more guidance in it? Was it Google that helped you out or was it? Uh, no, no, I, I like it was still a struggle. And most of yeah. it was because like kind of like kids nowadays, like you're not finding uh, like worth in what you're learning about. Yeah. You just find it a whole lot of practicalness to it. And uh-huh. so it's hard to like get motivated about it. Um, so it, it took some time to be like, okay, this is what I really want to do. I really want to be an art teacher. I knew it out of high school, but like, I, I still want to be this. And in order to do it, I have to graduate college. So like, what does it take 
for me to, to pass classes and to be successful. Okay, I have to sit in the front of the room. All right, I can't sit in the back. Well, let's let's start first. I gotta go to class. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can't learn. I can't yeah. learn for the class. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, I gotta sit in the front of the room. All right, when I read, I gotta I gotta underline. I gotta write notes about it. I gotta to in order to retain something, yeah. or at least just to keep me on track to not like loop my brain in some other thing that was going on. And so it's just like figuring out tricks that worked for me. Um, because it was like, I grew up right around like the ADD era where like kids were starting to get medicated. And I got like, I took tests when I was like 17 and like, yeah, I got like diagnosed, but like never took anything to kind of help me. Uh, And there still wasn't like programs in place really to like get extra help in those areas. So it really was just like, okay, finding out tricks that worked for me and knowing like, this is where I want to be. So you got to figure it out. Yeah. Um, so art, were you, were you doing art growing up? Or were, so that was like in yeah. high school, like, right? So it was the one place where I'm not really reading for retention. Yeah. And so it was like the one safe spot where I could like not feel like a total failure. It's real. It was just a skill-based thing. I didn't like grow up being an art kid. It was like something that like in middle school, I was like, oh, this is cool. And then in high school, I was like, I'm struggling everywhere. It's like, all right, let's take some art. And I was like, okay, this is good. Let's take more of it. Like I get some success here. Let's keep taking more of it. So I just kind of like progressed through the education system, like with art as like my safety net, like my place where I could like actually have some success. And so like that just like motivated me to like keep moving forward with it. Uh, Was there a particular medium of art that you gravitated to or you just kind of no, when I was in like when I was in high school, it was just like 2D. So I really just like drawing with pencil. So like I said, I was a rollerblader. So a lot of times oh, I would take rollerblade magazines and I would just like draw the people in the magazines. And so like I was just connecting what I love to do in school. So when I was like constantly thinking about rollerblading in school, I was like, I have an outlet. I can just like yeah. make art about it. And so like that was like kind of like where I can like kind of not be in that school setting and still kind of like doing what I really wanted to do. So yeah, yeah, it was pretty, pretty clear that like art was like my space where I felt real, real confident and real successful. And I, I I teeter in the art as I was like, I think I'm an artist mind, artist style mind, but I put it out in, this podcast and radio shows and stuff. Yeah. It's uh, like a creative being. Yeah. Yeah. And um, but though that's also with the degree I got in broadcasting. Um, but I wanted to be behind the scenes making uh, videos and art that way and such. And uh, but I took I had an art class in high and you know, throughout high school and junior high. And one of my things made an art show, and it was a like an ink drawing of a tiger. And Everyone's like, it's so good. It's so good. We're going to, we're going to display it. It's so good. And I was like, it took so long to do. <laughs> You're going to expect this kind of work out of me every time. And I'm not that dedicated to do this, but yeah, it's pretty good, but I'm not going to be able to do it again. Cause the, the time it took, I almost found tedious, but I was like, well, it needs a line here. Cause it looks just like that. Like I, I was seeing that and I was just like, but I, I, I'm very jealous of artists now. I have some friends that are painters and stuff. And I'm like, 
yeah, that just takes time for me. And I, I'm, I'm like, I, I'll build, put a radio show together. I got that kind of stuff. Like, and, but yeah, it's, it's impressive. And I'm always like, I know a little bit and I'm always like, is that supposed to be cool? Is that, a, we have like a Monet print in our house. Yeah. Left. yeah, it's pretty cool. And it was one of the, um, he's going blind towards the end, uh, the lily pad stuff. Yeah. And, uh, the only reason I know this is because I went to an art show in Portland and listened to the whole thing. That was the nice best thing. You put on the headset and you walk around and explain it. Yeah, and cool. my parents had this house before us and we bought it from them and they left that print. And I was like, that is so cool because I actually know Monet. Like, I actually know this is. It's a talking point for when it's people. It's a talking point. Yeah. yeah. You know, I do have a uh, Return of the Jedi framed uh, movie poster in the same room as that. So I can go. <laughs> equal from, level. You know, right. Yeah, equal, equal level. level. Yeah, I can yeah. go from another spectrum <laughs> and, and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, it's pretty sweet. And I honestly, I've forgotten that you were an art teacher. Before we started doing this, uh, I knew you're you're a teacher and stuff. So I love teachers because my family comes from them and everything. Big fan of the educators. And I was like, oh, yeah, art. And and so um, you you obviously accomplished your goal. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually. Graduating. Yeah. Four four, four colleges later, six years later. Oh, wow. Get my undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then, then what? Were you also so as soon as I finish student as soon yeah. as I finish student teaching, I'm coming to Laramie. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, do you have a job lined up in Laramie? No, no, no. no. So uh, my partner Ellen was coming ah, here. Yeah, okay. to go to go to grad school. Okay. So like we had been um dating for four or five years, and we're like, okay, let's like next step it. She had already graduated and she was looking to grad school. And like, once again, still knowing like I'm a mountain person, like let's go West. Perfect. And University of Wyoming was uh, affordable. It's an affordable yeah. out of state university, Got it. you know? And we have some family, both of us in the Denver area, uh-huh. like, anything from CSU and Boulder, it's still kind of, it's pretty pricey yeah. for two people who don't have anything. Like I had no job. Yeah. She has no job just going to undergrad, just trying to scrape by and seeing what we can do. Um, so, yeah, she had moved here, started her program. I was in Chicago suburbs for six more months, finishing my student teaching. And then as soon as I uh, finished, then I drove out here. I did the Keystone 36, which at Keystone Resort, they do 36 yeah. hours of straight skiing. I'm a snowboarder, but like, uh, yeah. had some friends from Illinois that like we made a team. I drove my Honda Civic full of all my stuff up i-70 in a snowstorm didn't die at least made it to keystone wrote it out my friends fly home and i drive to laramie and then yeah we're just starting our life here so how'd you meet ellen so just through um we're like a couple towns apart growing up and so she was like a, a private high school and we just had some like intersecting friends all right it was like she was in school and I was in school and just like happened to meet over the summertime and just like kind of connected and then just like kind of kept the connection going. And then she ended up graduating and then just like, yeah, kept that relationship going. What was your first date? Uh, a movie. Yeah. A really yeah. bad one. And we just wow. like sat the movie theater and just like made fun of it and laughed the entire time. I believe it was a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, you you're probably Which... accurate with really bad. <laughs> 
Yeah, you're either a Nick Cage fan or probably not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some stuff I like, but he's made like every movie, so I'm yeah. not. I'm not willing. I'm not trying to figure out the Nick Cage, you know, trilogy of not trilogy. <laughs> Uh, his career of movies because there are some yeah. real stinkers out there yeah uh, yeah that'd be interesting yeah, just for vibing on laughing and just enjoying company and just having fun so at least around the same same vibe that you both were like this is terrible. yeah no, no person was like that was amazing yeah no, no. You're like, we can't that. hang out anymore if you thought that was amazing oh, yeah. and so had you been uh to laramie before she i mean obviously she came out six months before but did you visit? Yeah, so time? no, she she came out first with her mom. Okay, and checked out the school and ended up crying, <laughs> just because it was so different than how we grew up. Yeah, um, and then we came out the summer before she had moved, like early summer before she had moved out here. Um, but we had a different approach because we were like in young twenty adventurous yeah. mode, not like I'm with my parent and we're just kind of like navigating this small yeah. town it was like let's go discover this let's go discover that let's cool. do this and that and so like we had much more adventurous mind um to really start exploring it and so that's when it kind of settled in as like yeah this is going to be good for for what we like yeah i knew when i moved back uh i, I graduated degree in broadcasting i wouldn't want to work for casper or cheyenne um well they didn't pay enough uh, and I, I just hated Denver cause I hate the sports teams there. So I was like, I'm not, not going <laughs> to live in that place. And, uh, I'd been, uh, working at a summer camp during the, the summers before my, in my last couple of years of college. And, uh, I knew people in New York and I met my now ex-wife in New York. Uh, she was from England and she worked at the camp too. And so it kind of worked out. I always call it like the fight club thing where he's talking to himself in the bathtub and he's like, my dad gave me the advice of, you know, what next? And he's like, I don't know, go to college, you know, what next, get a job. What next? I don't know, get married. And I think I did it for all the, like, like that. And yeah. And we were total opposites after a while we figured it out and the East coast kind of burned me out, burned me up. And uh, a job came open at the university of Wyoming. And I was like, I didn't love Laramie the first time. And so like when I moved back, I was like, I have to do things differently to like Laramie and like go do things I wouldn't normally do or didn't do when I left. So I did more camping, did more, go to more, win more con way more concerts than I ever could imagine. And mm -hmm. um, so I was like, yeah, I can't make it feel like it's an anchor to me. And then I was like, and then I'm going to leave in five years, but I didn't uh, 19 years later. Uh, and now I'm looking at like, Oh, I'm going to retire from this place. This is not yeah. a bad, not a bad gig um, working at the university and stuff. Was the well, East Coast just like too busy? Just like the fast oh, moving? Yeah. And, and New York is just people stacked on top of people stacked. Like it's a ton. Yeah. And so everybody's kind of like trying to scam, work for the same dollar. However you can get it. And so like in Laramie, you walk down the street, you, you say hi to somebody, you give them a head nod in New York. You do that. They're like, what, what are you trying to do? And like, oh, easy there. Easy. Just. Yeah. Yeah. And I worked in a news station, so I saw all the crazy and um, my, I, how I got, I was good at what I did, but I shot sports. That was my thing. 
but I did news, like hard news in New York. I, every once in a while, I got to work in the sports department, which was the best and uh, filling for their guy. And that was great, but mostly it was hard news. I was there during 9-11. And so like, after, yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. I wasn't, I lived in Long Island. Sure. For mild, but it was, yeah, it was heavy. Like, yeah, it was impactful for day. everyone. And yeah. like, we were all like thousands of miles away. So yeah. No I, but it was so crazy. Like I had a trip planned back to Wyoming, October 1st, right after 9-11. And everyone's like, you're going to fly. And I was like, it's the safest time to fly right now, as far as I'm concerned. And because nobody was flying to. And uh, they weren't looking for me. Um, I didn't fit the profile. <laughs> and so, like, I kind of, I mean, it was sad to say everyone that had, like, a darker complexion got pulled to the side. And I'm pretty white, so I got it. Even though I could be the craziest guy on the plane. But <laughs> I understood they were coming from. Um, but then I got to Laramie and noticed all the security changes, the town, the people made. And I was like, oh yeah, this hit more than just me. Like this affected a whole nation. And I, I, it was hard to believe and take a look from the outside looking in that I'd been in it so long. Um, my mom's like, you still bury it. And I was like, yeah, I do. I can't watch movies on it. The day is not my funnest day. Um, cause it's a lot of remembrance and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And I talked to a lot of people about escaping and, and we covered a lot of stuff about anthrax and uh, just some craziness. And we only, I only knew one guy that was in the trade centers uh, that went in, he worked for the New York city police department and he was part of their video unit, but freelance for our station on the weekends or whatever. He's a funny guy. Great guy. He'd tell me some great cop stories. Um, none that I can repeat on a podcast and uh he we saw a video and he ran in and never came out and uh, it was doing his job and everything it hit our yeah. station pretty hard because we were kind of in the business of telling people like the hard facts of it like you're probably that person's probably not coming out but we're like oh we heard news he came out you know it was just it was hard and sad but he was the only person i really knew that that died in the, the attack there and uh you know Luckily, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I had people in the buildings or in the city. I was there. I think I told us on the last podcast. I was there uh, a one week before the they hit the trade centers. I was across the street. I was in a hotel with my ex-wife, and we're we're looking at we're just sitting in our hotel room. And that night, didn't watch TV. I just stared at the trade centers because they were just right there. Like if you opened up your curtains, trade center. Right there. And it was just a, just the just the mask that you were. I was like, I couldn't keep my eyes off it. So I was just yeah, getting a couple yeah. beers, going, wow, not knowing, not foreshadowing what was about to happen or anything like that. You know, if our meeting got delayed a week, we would have been probably out of that area, but affected by like true chaos because yeah. I was fifty miles away, being woken up by phone calls because I worked night shifts for the station, and they're like, prepare to come in. Oh no, my ex wife called it's like train hit the uh trade center a plane hit the trade center and I, well, a train a plane hit the world trade center and i was like what and i'm just thinking little small like two person plane sure yeah and so i'm like oh yeah and those things oh, are in the way <laughs> yeah and so i turn on the tv and the next thing and i see jet two just plowing in and i was like oh my wow. this is and then, yeah and work calls and was like be ready to roll I didn't have to work that day, but it was something like 10, 14 days straight where I was constantly on a 9-11 story. 
minus the murderers, uh, rapists stuff I'd covered in weeks past. So it was time to uh, move on. And I work in education and it's good for my mental being now. And I came back to Wyoming and and lost, you know, I had a scowl for a while. I became more smiley and happy and uh, there's more space out here and stuff like that. I miss a lot of my friends out there and the instant access to things like food and music and all that is missed. Um, but it's yeah. don't make a lot of money. We and... still got four Collins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we still got red rocks. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, well, I left New York city and I had, you know, red rocks in the backyard, like not yeah. too far away. Yeah. I didn't realize how spoiled I was until I started seeing panic more out on the road. And if you're yeah. like, where do you live? I'm like Wyoming. They're like, huh? I'm like about two hours from Denver. And they're always like red rocks. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It's where I've seen panic the most. That is, yeah, that's we still got life. some. We, we got goodness here. Yeah, we live close enough to the major. Like, I think that's why. Like, I could not live anywhere else in Wyoming but there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I, the access to Denver. Like I am over city life. I'm over yeah. suburban life. Like when I go home, it's just like you. Just like it's just too crowded. Like oh yeah. Everybody that I know and all my family and friends, it's just like go 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 to do this, do that, do that. Yeah. And like all the towns are just like they're copy and pasted next to each other. And like, so I love the free space of, of Laramie and then being able to like go to Fort Collins or go to Denver to get that kind of city hit yeah. or that suburban feel. And then just like, let's like just retreat back to like my, my little place here. I oh yeah. Oh yeah. I do. Uh, when we hit the Wyoming border, no matter where I've gone, I'm like, ah, home. Yeah, I couldn't live anywhere else in Wyoming. Uh, Laramie has the right energy, being that's college town, um, and the right thinking. I think maybe not all the time, but I've gone to other towns, and Laramie's a good spot, and I like its location. And, At least there's uh, a balance. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and like, but yeah, you can't take New York out, out of me. I still lock my doors at night. I still lock my car. Like all that stuff. I'm I, I cameras on the house, not inside, pointing outside people. You know, I trust myself. I don't trust y'all. And because, uh, well, because my front door is the, like, I can see out every window to every part of my house, except my front door. And, and so I was like, I got to put a camera out here so I can just see who's coming to the door sure. and, and know if I'm going to really answer it. But because like, I have to go through a sunroom to get there. And so, yeah, I'm like, I'm putting a camera there. Let's and, just make sure. Yeah. <laughs> And the backyard, I have one on the back, which I, cause I don't like being on camera. That's what I do for a living and stuff. And I, <laughs> done video. I was like, I don't love it, but I understand some, some necessities of it. I don't have my cameras pointing at my neighbors and like that. It's pointed in my yard. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, if cops want to see any video. I'm like, yeah, you can see my yard grow. Like you're not going <laughs> to see who was walking down the street or anything like that. It's not kind of the camera I have yeah. or want it to be. Um, a lot of other people do that kind of stuff, but yeah, I still have some New Yorker in me. Um, I, for the longest time, I couldn't say Long Island. And now I think about it, I say it correctly, but it would come out Long Island, just hard. <laughs> I'd be like, wow. I normally don't pick up accents. And I was like, I'd be talking to people here and they'd be like, Long Island. And I'd be like, who said that? Who said that? I know that. I know got that. It. Yeah. And Illinois and that area has got a pretty hardcore accent and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad you didn't just pick it up and spread it around to all of us. No, 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 no. <laughs> no dub bears talk too much around you. Yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go. Are you are you 
a local fan of those sports, all the Chicago teams and everything. Yeah, I'm a Chicago teams fan for sure. Just yeah, die, yeah. I, I'm not quite as diehard as my family is as far as like sports teams go. Yeah. Like, I enjoy watching professional sports, but like it's not everything that I kind of like. I, I'm not uber passionate about it, but uh always, yeah, Chicago sports team and definitely Cubs over Sox for me. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, I all my teams are West Coast except the Yankees, which okay. Oregon, there was there's the Mariners and they're terrible. Oh, Sorry, yeah. Grandma. Yeah. Uh, they're you terrible. Jr., which was nice. He was there, <laughs> but after I left, and yeah. um, I came here and the Rockies started, and that was like uh playing softball down there in that thin air. Yeah. And I was like, uh, and then so I had some friends, they're Yankee fans, and they they got me into them and like it was like Don Manley and stuff, and they were not good. And thankfully, a guy named Derek Jeter came along and roughly my same age and turn the franchise around. I mean, there's a couple other guys on that team too, but, yeah. um, and then I moved to New York and get to go and see Yankee games. And that was cool. So, but yeah, otherwise, the energy inside that stadium must just be next level. Oh yeah. But yet yeah. the fans are like, they will turn on you in a dime. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, I, I, we had seats, uh, behind home plate. I knew, I, I knew some people at the time. Um, uh, and then once in a while they'd hook us up with tickets. Cause what 162 games, that's, you got some tickets. Yeah. And uh, this guy, there's a foul ball behind, like up behind home plate, fell out of the top bleachers into the net behind home plate. Like that's far. It's really far. And everybody's like, he's dead. Like that guy's dead. Like, and he gets, he starts moving around. We're like, oh, thank God. Thank God. And even the players are like, oh my, oh my. Like, wow. One, two, three out. One, two, like they can't focus because there's a guy like possibly dead on, on the net. So he gets up and everybody's like, yay, yay. And he just gets up and he's like, oh, yeah. He's just hammered, drunk. <laughs> and the crowd just boos on him. Like, yeah, boo. Yeah, you jerk. Get out of there. You know, got jail for you coming up. And so they got this big ass ladder out and got him down. And his wallet was still up there <laughs> for most of the game and stuff. But yeah, it was it was interesting how the fans like quickly turned. And like I'd be there and I'm not a jet or a giant fan. And I was like, you guys are hard on your teams. Like there's this thing called like, you know, being a homer. Like, yeah. And it 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 they're the butt of jokes yeah. a lot of the times. And uh, but always be like, so you the, you're a Jet fan or a Giant fan? Where do they play again? And they're like New Jersey, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's not. That's not. That's not. Where are you? Hard to admit. Yeah, it's hard to get. Yeah, admit. And so, uh, yeah, I miss a lot that aspect of it. But being out here is, I uh, like the West a whole lot better. I'm definitely. Uh, but you got pokes now, so you're de- yeah. you die hard still in you. Oh yeah, like yeah. I. That was a big thing when I came back. I had a press pass for a while because I directed coaches shows when I first moved back. Um, but then we stopped doing that. And so I was like, I'm buying season tickets. I'm going to be a fan. And I've had them for a long time, a tailgate. And so, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm probably more of a fan now than I was when I was in college because I was still a couple of years removed from Oregon. I'm a big old Oregon Ducks fan and, and, their, and all their stuff. So uh, I always say Wyoming's 1A, Ducks B. I've seen them play each other in football. I wore my Wyoming stuff both times. One time out in Eugene, one time in Laramie. 
Um, I think the Laramie time I had like Oregon Duck socks on, like under. Sure. Intel, sure. But, um, You're repping for the underdog, but you yeah. still got some spirit. Yeah, I'm always like, well, no matter which team wins, I win. So I'm in. And uh, and there was a time where like and that Oregon was just whooping house on cable. So I think Cowboys give Oregon a little push for their money nowadays, but it's still a hard conference to go up against Pac-12 Mountain West. And so, uh, yeah, it's uh, it, I'm more of a fan now, more of a homer now than I've probably ever been um, with teams and stuff. And I used to cover it in college. We are uh, UWTV. We uh, did senior tapes. We covered every sport. And so, like, I would always be like, oh, got to go shoot women's basketball or track or. And, um, women's volleyball is a pretty big volleyball. deal. Oh, yeah. I did that for a long time. Volleyball, right yeah. Oh, yeah, it was fun. Um, and get to know the people because I'm always there at the games. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, camera guy. And I'm like, uh, videographer, please. I'm a videographer. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> I'm a professional. Uh, yeah, they're like, you're the video guy. I'm like, yeah, I'd be a little more than that, but sure. That's yeah. what you want to ask. Yeah. And then now it's DJ Rude. That's I mean, hit that one. Yeah. yeah. That gets the yeah. most. I've been playing volleyball with some some ex uh UW players. Oh yeah. And some of the why uh, the Laramie Rec Leagues and some yeah. of that. Yeah. Good I, athlete for sure. We played in that in a in the rec league, in the co-ed league. And I would always like, when will I stop diving for the ball at age what 56? What is it gonna happen? Because like <laughs> I don't know, there's no off button. There's no, I can't turn off There's this. No, oh, I'm too old to try yeah. that. No, you just send it and then you feel it in the morning. Yeah. I was like, I'll just wear knee pads. Like I'll just wear better equipment so I cannot beat myself up like, <laughs> yeah. walk the next day. You end up wearing one of those suits that like for dog attacks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like fully padded. I was tired of getting the floor burns. So I've got some, mm-hmm. I invested in some knee stuff. And I played, yeah, I got to get back to playing again. Yeah, yeah, COVID kind of threw off the whole go to the gym thing. Everything, yeah. Yeah. And so, all right, almost up to modern day. Um, obviously, I know it worked out with, with your partner because you married her. Yeah. Um, how long did that take? A couple of years where you're like, let's do this? Or were you, how did no. you do it? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so like before we ended up moving. Yeah. So we, we came out to check out the place. Uh, and then uh, before we got to Laramie at Rocky Mountain, okay, folks were there before we ended up actually. Nice. Moving. And then in Laramie, we got the the civil uh, civil kind of agreement at the courthouse ah. to kind of do that part and we'll do our own little individual thing. And then the following summer, went back to the suburbs and had a more family event and stuff like that. Yeah, big old celebration. Sort yeah, of. yeah, we have big families, so it was like a ridiculous ordeal. But uh, we did the we did the thing. Yeah, nice. Yeah, had the had the party, had the fun. Nice. Yeah, small ceremony, big party. I love those things. Yeah, uh, yeah, we did it up like that. Now I'm I'm actually ordained in uh, a world church or something. I did it a long time ago. <laughs> uh, just sh- just show how easy it is. To yeah. do and Dudism, like I have certain legit certificates in these religions, and now I'm gonna marry my second couple this summer. I married, <laughs> I married, yeah, I married her older brother, and then she's like, There's no one else I wanted to do the wedding, and I was like, Sure. And it's not like I don't, I'm not like I don't do the typical vows, 
and stuff. And uh, they're not highly religious, which they love, but they're still highly love, a lot of love in them. No, no, no. And so, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it's interesting to do that now. And I have, and, but yet people think I'm a legit like pastor minister. So I'm, when I'm at the after party or I'm doing DJ stuff, they're like, wow. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not that. No, it's not pastor rude. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, I was like, give me that, <laughs> give me that shot. Let's do this. Uh, so yeah, it's interesting how that came about. Cause I got hired to DJ their wedding and then they were like looking for someone to marry him. And my girlfriend was like, uh, Justin's ordained. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it's nice little side gig, I guess. It's cool. To, it's cool to do fun things. Yeah. Like that, big things that just kind of like add to the story of your life. I think oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I know this answer, but you guys got some kids. Yeah, got a couple kids. Yeah. When did they come along <laughs> in the world? So they're seven and nine. So uh, we, we, we spend some time living in Laramie and, and doing just like the individual couple things. Okay. Yeah. Time. Um, you know, established uh, some careers. Um, I started working in the school district pretty soon, like three months after, but I was like a para for social emotional kids, like pretty oh. right away. Worked in there for about a year and a half and then uh, got a job at Indian Paintbrush as their art teacher. Okay. So uh, did that. And then uh, Ellen was working at Applebee's, getting her oh, master's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we met a common friend of ours, Mikey J. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as he was a bartender there. Um, and so we had kind of been doing our thing and just kind of getting things moving. Um, she didn't end up finishing her master's, but then working for the coalition of domestic violence. So like we started to like pretty soon away, like just like immerse ourselves in the community. Yeah. And so I think when you can do that in Laramie, you start to see how great the community is. Oh yeah. So like, as we start getting our career going in that way, and we're like, okay, this is a great community. And then we're like, you know, like we, we had planned, like, let's start having some kids. And then once you have kids, then you see how also invested the community is to have kids. Like we have all the local art, we have like great sports stuff. We have uh, free things all the time, parades to go to. Like Laramie's just like really supportive of things to do for young families. Um, so yeah, we had a, our son Arlo, um, you know, nine years ago, and then our daughter Greta, uh, seven years ago. Uh, so, uh, yeah, now they're in uh, first and third grade and in yeah. the schools and yeah, going well. So we spoke about it pre-interview, uh, cause I'd ask you if you were still in Laramie and you were like, yeah, I went back for hot nine months to Illinois. So did you already have Arlo then when you went back or yeah, both yeah. kids. kids. Old okay. Kid. So, so yeah, this was a moment like I'd been nine years into to teaching and nine years at Indian Paintbrush teaching elementary school. And we had spent some years like here and there and been like, should we move closer to family? Like, was, is that good for us? Is that good for our kids? Like, is that just like something? Because we're pretty much on an island out here. Like we have yeah. some aunts and uncles that live down south in Colorado, but like we're just taking care of ourselves basically. So yeah. it, there has its own challenges to doing that, especially with kids. Like we're only getting babysitters to help us out individually. So, um, so yeah, we're like, let's see what's up with that. 
So it ended up being I moved to Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. yeah, just an hour and a half north of where we grew up. So we kind of grew up a little bit northern uh, Illinois, and like I, I ended up moving, yeah, oh, to, to, to yeah. southern Wisconsin. And we're like, I don't know, can we trade uh, mountain life for lake life? I'm like, yeah, mm. let's have summers where we're jumping in the lake, we get a boat, we do some of that lake stuff, and kind of replace that with a mountain adventure. So mm. I was like, okay, let's give it a shot. Um, thing is, is that uh, Ellen was in her second master's the one that she actually ended up finishing master's in counseling okay so it wasn't a convenient time no so we ended up splitting the family up and i ended up moving there by myself as she was finishing her master's and the goal was like okay then her and the family would just move because i got a job at a middle school in the town that we were kind of hoping to move to oh uh, I ended up living in a, a an old farmer's basement. Uh, <laughs> so Billy and D White okay. uh, were the name of the couple. He was a dairy farmer uh, for forty years, and they were retired, living on their homestead. <laughs> nice. And they had this little basement apartment, and like their daughter-in-law was like the secretary at the middle school, and she's like, oh. "I don't have a place to live," and I was like okay so like it was crazy like it was yeah. just so weird but it was really tough yeah super tough being on my away from my kids my kids were at that point three and five Ooh. two and four yeah um so super tough time to be away from the family it was a rough year and then so it was hard not only on that but also the community like wasn't what i was hoping for so like after nine months i was like i just don't think this is it um, so and just like pulling the plug on that idea and I was like all right I'm coming back yeah <laughs> let's do it and then so like I was teaching middle school then and then luckily I'd moved I t- I'd got an interview at Rock River so the town oh. yeah 30 yeah. 40 miles outside of town as their k-12 art teacher and so I told the middle school in Wisconsin I was like I got an interview <laughs> yeah and like Asked I was supposed to be working and they were super upset about it, but like, you know, life goes on. Um, yeah. So interviewed for Rock River once I came back in the summer, ended up getting that job and then just like committing to like, we're just like committed to be in this, this, this place for, for a longer time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Rock River is a great small community, uh-huh. but also as I talked about earlier here, like I'm pretty hyper dude. So to have class sizes of three art students is real tough. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, I don't know if in your art classes in high school, you had Miss Shelly Miller, but, or Alan Lundy, but anyways, they had. Yeah. Yeah. And so now this is my third year teaching at the high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So now I teach 2d arts at Laramie high. You got the new high school, new high school, pretty, pretty high school. Yeah. I'm, yeah, my art room is dope. I bet. I yeah. bet. It was about time. When yeah, were, uh, yeah, like, yeah. That place was pretty stingy because I ended up, I was coaching volleyball for a few years yeah. uh, at the old high school before they kind of shut that down. Yeah. Um, and so I, I had some experience working in there. But uh, yeah, once I started my art teaching career at the high school, it was already the new building. See, I, at the old high school, I knew where all my accolades were at. I don't even know where to look if I went to the new high school. Well, you shouldn't mm-hmm. let me on your campus. Cause I'm, I don't have any kids there, but 
yeah. you're part of the media. We're good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'd be like, that's me. That's me. That's Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one last question for you to end this show. Thanks for doing it, first of all. Um, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. Show's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrude. Uh, how'd we meet? How'd we become friends? Well, shoot. We, we have some common themes. We like concerts, man. Yes. Yeah, and we particularly like widespread panic concerts. Yes. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, and so we had a common friend, uh, Mikey J. Uh, oh, yeah. Met Mike through uh, him working at Applebee's and Ellen working there. And he was the bartender. And I didn't have a whole lot of friends when I moved here. Yeah. So I'd be bellying up at the bar, hanging out some nights while, while Ellen was working. And then just kind of shooting the stuff with Mike J. At that point, I had already been seeing a lot of concerts before I'd moved out here. Yeah. So just like kind of networking, kind of like figuring out who my people could kind of uh-huh. meet. And we, yeah, Mike and I quickly connected and stuff like that. And so we had kind of become friends with, in town uh, quickly. And then, uh, yeah, I think just through common common panic shows, we ended up just like you traveling with him and Alex yeah. and then like Ellen and I coming along and like kind of meeting up. So like then we had just ended up like, yeah, just having just, I mean, yeah, it's hard to have a better time than when you're uh-huh. at a Concert. yeah and so like when everyone's there together in the same kind of energy and same thrill like it's so easy to grow bonds and so yeah. even though you and i have only really hung out like a yes. small couple of times like it was easy to be connected on those similar playing yeah similar platforms so that's how we kind of started to bond and then we're like oh you go by rude but i'm like but your name's justin like yeah I like i'm gonna call you my name <laughs> yeah 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 you're like the one that would stick to it you'd be like hello justin i'm like hello jo-. yeah and it was that thing. yeah 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 uh i probably i i was thinking i met you at a different time but you i remember now you're talking about ellen working at uh athletes and i'd come in wednesday nights when i could be bartending um and drink few so i might have met you there but Maybe. i know for sure it had to be alta the first year time they played mm-hmm. up there yeah and, uh the because that was yeah that's the only time that i went was yeah that. yeah yeah and and met you guys and the the infamous noose story does not make the show but yeah it there was a noose at our campsite for a little bit and more things happened but we're not gonna talk <laughs> that on this this one but i was like trying to remember and I was like, do I talk about the news with Justin? Or like, <laughs> do you remember that happening? And uh, yeah, it was an interesting night there. Um, and so I remember meeting you there for sure. And then a couple other shows after that, we, you know, we were with each other. Um, yeah. And by then, oh yeah, we were coming off Red Rocks um, all cover shit set, like a Sunday show. Oh, yeah, we were probably vibrating off the planet by then. Yeah. And I felt they just picked up where they left off at Red Rocks and went right into Alta and everything. It was so yeah. great. Yeah. I'm like, I remember getting into the venue. You have to go up to get down. And so it was the snow and not really melted at late snow. No. And I was like, oh, there's a quick path down to the bottom over here. Turns out super wet. Yeah, it was a quick path. And I just slid <laughs> down the side of the hill for a good, like, and I, I wasn't the only one that done it. A lot of other people ahead of me. And so, yeah, I was, I had wet butt through most of the show, but the first show, 
but yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was a good time. And, uh, at the time I was just developing those, that group of friends for panic. Like I had another group of friends and they kind of uh, disbanded and, and I knew Mike and stuff. And I was like, can I hang out with your panic friends? And, uh, it worked out well. And I made some really good friends, definitely through shows, through concerts, including yeah. you and, and such. And then now you guys are like Laramie peeps and now we should see each other more, but, um, you know, pandemic put us indoor, made us indoor cats. And so, uh, yeah. it's good to get back. Like I went to watch panic last summer at red rocks. It was like the only concert I went to all year, but I did some traveling and stuff. So I was like concerts, got a little back, went to the back burner for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I went out and, saw the world in 2021 because so i got that vaccine and i was like i'm invincible like that's yeah, i was go. just like i'm gonna do this and well you want to wear a mask sure whatever what do i gotta do i'm just getting out of the house yeah. and everything so being that you did you have to stay home during the pandemic were you educating your kids how they take to it was both so yeah, yeah so I, I had to teach online and then also have my kids here and try right. to help them through that situation too so I just feel blessed because I know people in Illinois and in California and like all these other states, like even in Denver, like last year, last year, they were all remote the entire time. And we used to have some hybrid at school. Like we were on AB days, but like I was in the classroom and I was with students, like being online and teaching art isn't for anybody. no. No, thanks. None of that going on. So yeah, I just feel grateful that, yeah, we made it healthy and we did the best we could, but we were also like still face-to-face and still working with kids. Gotcha. Uh, that wasn't my last question. That was, I, I went on to the COVID stuff. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, yeah, Justin, no to thank justin for being on the show if you didn't catch it in the show we kind of have this thing where when we run into each other or see each other we're like hello justin hello justin because a lot of people do call me rude especially my friends but he's one of the people that has definitely uh kept to calling me by my real name now i learned a lot more about his life and i hope you did too It's kind of hard to get into live talk when you're at a widespread panic concert. So this episode was very informative to me. And I'm glad to have people like Justin educating our youth here in Laramie. Art is very important in our lives. And I'm glad he works with uh, aspiring art students uh, to get them going in the right direction when it comes to art. Now, you may have heard us talk about Mikey J in the interview, and I want to get Mikey J, the real Mike Johnson, on the show sometime soon. We tried to set up an interview in the past, but things fell through. So, Mike, if you're listening to this episode, let's get you on the show. On to the next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Plaskerud.